Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Morning, Good morning Russell. Russell. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. And we say, Good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Abba, we thank you that you have called us to be with you. There is no other place that we'd rather be now. The start of our day every morning. To give you honor, to give you glory, to give you praise, to thank you for the day and the week gone by, to thank you for all the good things you have done for us. To thank you for the mercy that you've shown us in the times we have fallen, in the times we have disobeyed, in the times we have failed you, in the times we have acted out of pride and ego. We thank you, Father, that you are ever willing to pour out your mercy upon us. You renew that mercy for us every morning. And you are ever willing to pour out your grace. Thank you, Lord, that you daily load us with benefits. This is the new day, the new opportunity you have given us. To learn more, to gain wisdom and revelation, to apply it in our lives. To see results. To bear testimony to your love. That unchanging, that unfailing love. We thank you, Father. We enter your gates with that gratitude in our hearts. We step into your courts, Lord, with praise on our lips. And let all glory in heaven on earth be unto you, O King. We thank you, Lord, for that grace and mercy that you've shown us, the peace and joy that you pour into our hearts. And we share it with all those that are part of this prayer meeting, that are part of this praying family. We share it with all those that are beneficiaries of any prayer request that has been made on this platform of answered prayer that you have given us. Your Holy Spirit Brisbane prayer group called by your name. We share it with all those that are Christians and have not yet personally known you and with all those that do not want to know you. We ask for mercy upon their lives as well, Lord. We ask for quickening. <coughs> that their hearts be turned towards you and their eyes be focused on your glory. And so as we make our reflection and our prayer this morning, we call on your name with the confidence that anyone that calls on that name shall be delivered, shall not go back in shame. We call on the name of our maker, our creator, the great I am, Father of all creation, the Elohim Adonai, the one who is the preserver of men and is ever faithful, unchangeable in his heart. And we pray in the name of your son, Jesus. The Lion of Judah, the Lord our redemption, the one who heals, one who is our wisdom, our righteousness, our sanctification, and our redemption, the foundation, the rock, the cornerstone of your church, your people, and their Christian experience. Our daily bread. And we pray in the name of your spirit, the spirit of the Holy One of Israel, the spirit of Jesus, the same Holy Spirit that created the universe at the spoken word of the Father. One who now makes his tabernacle in our body and gives life to our spirit. The one who heals our backsliding. One who quickens us to receive revelation from the Father. And the one who works with us. 
to remold and make us into the image and likeness of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with the gift of your word and your spirit. For when your word and your spirit combine, then your words that you said, see, I am doing a new thing come true. Romans 8.28 gets activated as well. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with the gift of prayer, that we can partake in that creation when we speak out your word, knowing that life and death is in the power of our tongue. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with angels, with destiny helpers, with every spiritual gift in the heavenlies and with every provision that we need for our life on earth. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us in every way that is required for us to walk in abundance and then in dominion when we have achieved that realm of Galatians 2.20. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that you are doing that new thing in our life. We thank you that there is a change of season, Lord. Every family that is connected with this platform and that change of season occurs now in the name of Jesus. You are enriching and you are rebuilding our spiritual experience, our relationship and our journey with you. We thank you, Father. As we make our reflection and our prayer this morning, I cover and seal every word we speak and every prayer we make by the precious blood of Jesus. I also cover every person that is part of this prayer meeting and every member of every family that is part of this prayer group. Everyone that we are praying for this day and their families and every Christian by your precious blood, O oh Lord. We draw that bloodline around each of these and declare it as their hedge of protection in the spirit. We call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism, and any kind of natural disasters. I declare divine exemption over these, your people, your chosen race, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, and I command that kind of angelic protection that they are kept safe. In the name that is above all names, the unmatched name of the King, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We also herald the power in our spoken word as we proclaim your word, Lord. From Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11, that says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is our word that goes out of each of our mouths this day. And we declare that it will not return to us empty, but will accomplish what we desire and achieve the purpose for which we send it when we send it in faith in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for giving us the power of life in our tongue. Thank you, Jesus. Today we continue on the second part of our verse that we have been reflecting on, 1 Peter 2, verse 9, where Peter speaks it, but it's literally the Lord saying to each one, every believer, that you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. 
And yesterday we reflected on what it means to be a chosen race. In particular, God's jealous love. And that is linked with the topic that we took earlier in this week on you are God's beloved. If you have not listened to that reflection, I recommend going back. You'll find it on our YouTube channel. You can also find it on our Facebook page and on our podcast channels as well. Today we get into the second part of it, the royal priesthood. Yesterday, as I was reflecting on the chosen race after our morning encounter, Lord said, you were not a chosen race when I chose Abraham. You were always a chosen race right from Adam. You were the only kind that was made in my image and likeness. That's Genesis 1 verse 26. And then... He said, see Genesis 1 verse 28, where he let them, he let man rule over the earth. That's what he said. So we were modeled on royalty. We were created to rule. But we turned away from him in sin and lost that royalty. We lost that glory covering. And the process of restoration started there. It was already a plan B that God had that if this did happen, which he knew it would, then he would send a royal high priest for redemption. That is Jesus. And that is what the prophets of the Old Testament prophesied about. That is what they came to speak about and tell God's people to turn so that when we turn away from sin, then He would come and there is redemption. Meanwhile, God also began separating his chosen ones. When he called Abraham out of Babylon. Now, when you say out of Babylon, prophetically, looking at Abraham, leaving everything there from Babylon and coming out of it implies to come out of your sinful state, the sinful life that we are living in. And then when Abraham came out of there, He made a covenant with Abraham. Now all that he sought with man, all that God sought with man was a relationship. A relationship with his chosen one. And he gave us prayer for that. For working on our relationship with him and for the restoration of others' relationships with him. So that essentially is prayer, that relationship that we exercise. So we are called to be priests. Now to understand priesthood first, we need to look at what it means to be a priest. And this is just a short brief summary of it in the interest of time. In the Old Testament, God chose the tribe of Levi to be priests. They were set apart and considered holy. We see that in Numbers 3, verse 12. They served in the tabernacle in the wilderness and then later in the temple that Solomon built. And then we see in the New Testament about God's presence moving from the tabernacle to that temple to us. And we'll touch on that a little later in this probably in the third part. Um, 
So Moses and Aaron were from this tribe, from the tribe of Levi. Aaron being the first high priest that was instituted after the people were brought out of Egypt and passed through the Red Sea, moving on their journey towards the promised land. So when you look at that as well, another thing that is just coming on my heart is from the moment they stepped out of Egypt again, like Abraham stepped out of Babylon, the people stepped out of Egypt, God was with them. So what is a priest characterized by now? A priest is one who worships, who offers sacrifice and prayers then interceding on behalf of God's people. Now this was the Levitical priesthood of the Old Testament. And that Levitical priesthood was about the law that God gave his people through Moses so that every time the priests could intercede on behalf of the people and uh, and receive atonement through sacrifice and that prayer. And Moses and God gave Moses the, the process for that, which was then prescribed under those laws. And you can read that in the book of Leviticus. Also going on further into Deuteronomy. In both those books, it gets covered there. Some of the processes are also seen in the book of Numbers. And then we look at a different kind of priesthood that later comes in, which is Jesus' priesthood now, when he came. That priesthood was no longer about the law. It was about mercy and grace. The Old Testament priests came from the tribe of Levi, while the kings back then came out of the tribe of Judah. But in Hebrews 7 verse 17, we see God mentioning, in fact, that whole entire chapter of Hebrews 7 talks about the, the new kind of priesthood. We see God giving us that new form of priesthood where he says, for it is witnessed of him. Now him who? That is Jesus. And it says, you, that is Jesus, are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Not the order of the Levites. Not the Levitical priesthood. So what was the order of Melchizedek now? For that you go back to when Abraham met with Melchizedek. He, Melchizedek the Bible there says Melchizedek, sorry, Melchizedek was both a priest and king. And Jesus said to be a priest and a king after that same order. And Jesus came out of the tribe of Judah, the tribe that produced the kings. In Isaiah 52 verse 7, God promised a day when he would save his people and free them from captivity as their future king. That prophecy was and that promise was fulfilled in Jesus as a king. That is where or why out of that kind of prophecy, the king Herod at the time as well when Jesus was born, went out searching for the newborn king. But Jesus also offered sacrifice for the sins of people. He gave of himself a living sacrifice. The Bible says in the book of Romans 8 verse 34, 
that he is standing at the right hand of God, interceding for us. So now when we discussed what a priest does earlier, you see Jesus ticking those boxes. He fulfilled his role as a priest as well. Because he fulfilled all those priestly requirements. And he was also royalty, who was now raised from the dead. And the reason I'm saying raised from the dead now, because now we are comparing it with Melchizedek. He was said to be a priest in the order of Melchizedek. So when you look at Hebrews 7, verse 3, it says Melchizedek was one who had no beginning, no end, no genealogy, no father. And resembling the son of God. Jesus fulfilled those boxes. He ticked those boxes. So Jesus was a priest and a king. And he is not just called the son of David for that genealogy through the tribe of Judah. When you look at the Old Testament, no king ever offered sacrifice as a priest. In all the Old Testament, there is only one instance where a king acting as a priest was seen offering sacrifice as well later. But you see in 1 Samuel 30 verse 7, David took up the ephod which only a priest would wear. The high priest would wear. And he inquired of the Lord. That is the only instance in the Old Bible. In the Old Testament. Now Jesus also served as that high priest here. He fulfilled his duties where he achieved atonement for our sins. You look at Leviticus 16. That atonement was typically achieved only by the high priest. Jesus fulfilled that through his own death, being the sacrificial lamb and the priest that offered that sacrifice for the atonement. And then, so now he is a royal priest. And then God ex uh, extended that same privilege to believers. How? You can see that when Jesus said to Peter in Luke 22, verse 32. Just after he told him, get behind me, Satan. He is now saying to Peter, when you have turned back. When you have turned away from sin. Strengthen your brothers. He's asking Peter to intercede. To edify them. To raise them up. To serve as that priest. That stands in the gap. We shall reflect now. So today we have covered Jesus' royal priesthood. Tomorrow we shall reflect on the believer's royal priesthood. Why does the Bible say that they are a royal priesthood? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for that understanding of this royal priesthood. And then when you... In 1 Peter 2 verse 9 say that every believer are a chosen race and a royal priesthood. What is it that, how, what does it imply for us? What are we expected to do? What is the meaning of it? Help us understand that better, Lord. We ask for that wisdom, for that understanding. And we ask for that application in our personal lives, in our prayer life. So that when we walk, in the light that you give us, Father. 
saved and there is not only renewal in ourselves, but there is salvation. Jesus stepping in into every life that you put us in connection with. We ask for that edification in each of our spirits as well this day, Lord. The grace upon our lives and the mercy that our sins do not hinder us, Lord, but through your grace, when we wear the robe of righteousness that Jesus confers us, and we step up, we stand in that gap, and we make our prayer under that open heaven, Lord. There are signs, there are wonders, there are miracles when we speak in his name under his authority. We ask for that edification as your priests in the spirit as well for each of your people, Father. As we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our personal and our physical needs, those of our families, our friends, for all those that we are praying for. We pray for all those that are battling sickness and disease. Those that are hospitalized this day will undergo any kind of procedures as well. We pray for all families that are embattled, that are facing any kind of division and separation. We pray, Lord, for all those of your people that are suffering any kind of yoke. And almost everyone, Lord, seems to be under some kind of yoke. We ask for that mercy. We ask for that quickening. Draw us near, Lord, for unless you draw your people to you, we cannot come. But we know that you call each one by name. You quicken us, and it is you who raise each one. And then we know that salvation has come to that person, to that home, to that family. We pray in a special way for those that are battling prayerlessness. Those that have turned away from you, Lord, under a lie of the enemy. For those that are battling poverty, busyness. We pray also for our own personal needs, those of our families. In an especial way for all those that are not yet saved those members of our friend and our family circle that are dear to us in our hearts and yet have not yet received their gift of salvation. Father, we ask for a quickening in their spirits that there is renewal today. Touch their lives. Just like you said to Zacchaeus, I am coming to your house this day. And he received his salvation. Lord, we ask for each of us that gift, your calling to come to their house. Father, we thank you that you have heard us and you always hear us. And when we release our faith and our prayer, making it a prayer of agreement with each other, being one in the spirit with your Holy Spirit who also prays on our behalf. That same force of the creator is stirred up within, in this temple, in this tabernacle. And we believe, Lord, that we have already received every prayer that we release in faith. That prayer is an answered prayer. In the name of Jesus. I encourage all those that can pray in the spirit using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in. And those that are praying for that gift, 
of tongues to release your faith in your tongue ask the holy spirit to take over let us now make our prayer in the spirit thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you father thank you father thank you holy spirit Thank you, Holy Spirit. Shanda <laughs> 
In the mighty and powerful unmatched name of Jesus, we release our faith, Lord, together and we say, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The scripture that's been put on my heart today is from 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. For it is God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you are being blessed by these reflections, the, the spiritual reflections that Brother Savio posts on all our channels as well, and also the daily rosary and the Divine Mercy Chaplet, please share those opportunities with others so that their lives can be enriched in the same way as yours is.
give it as a gift. Also a reminder about our Bible study session this evening. The topic is a continuation, a second part on our series on the kingdom principle of sowing and reaping, where we will learn about what the Bible means by seed, the mindset of a sower, and being blessed to be a blessing. Also how you can use this principle to build righteousness. What does the Bible say about that? So our session will start. Today's session will be run live in person at St. Dimpna's Church in Aspley in Brisbane. So those of you that are in Brisbane, please join us at uh, the church in Aspley. Praise and worship will start from 5.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Not daylight time, mind you, Eastern Standard Time. And followed by the I Confess Boldly testimonies and the Bible teaching of the evening from 7.30 p.m. onwards. Uh, we have posted that message on our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, as well as on our Telegram groups. You will see time zones for different parts of the world. You can join accordingly. The session will be run live on Zoom and on YouTube. Those links are also contained in the message. So you can join accordingly. Praise God. And let the mercy and the grace... And the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us, chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful Friday, everyone. And we shall see you at Bible study this evening. Thank, Thank you, Russell. God bless everyone. Bye-bye.